Welcome everybody to Reading Makes You Better in Bed, a podcast by Amy and Laura from Secret Book Stuff, where we talk about books, popular culture and gay stuff. I'm Amy, the founder of Secret Book Stuff, and I'm here on Zoom this week with my partner who I miss very much. Hello, Laura Keb. Hi, Dal. Nice to see your face finally. Before we begin, I would just like to acknowledge that I'm recording this on unceded Awabakal country in Newcastle at the moment. And I'm currently recording on Pintumpi country and I pay my respects to elders of all unceded lands across Australia. So Laura, how's it going, Dal? Pretty good. Feeling like I'm in a very, very different environment than I've ever been ever in my life um, and feeling Mm. very far away from home. But, you know, we're making it work. Look at us using technology. Do you miss me? Well, you put me on the spot. Yes. Let's move on. Of course I do. Of course I do. Do you miss me? Go on. Spill the beans. Um. Well, this is a big question because, as you know, I don't really miss people. <laughs> you know, just for all the listeners out there, this has been actually quite a contentious issue in mine and Laura's relationship mm-hmm. over the years because she doesn't understand that I see missing someone as like a negative emotion. You know, like it's a negative thing to miss someone, but I like hanging out with you. <laughs> it's kind of like you saying, <laughs> love you and I'm like yeah I like spending time with you (laughs) but you know what I mean like I just feel like I am excited to see you again but it's not like I miss you because if I say I miss you it makes me feel like there's like a hole in my life um (laughs) there's not no I'm jokes I actually do to prove it this is the longest time that we've not seen each other um in our whole almost five-year relationship so yeah, And it's going to be much like we've still got several weeks to go. We've still got three weeks to go before I see you again and it's already been almost a month. So that's a pretty long time. I'm definitely noticing your lack of presence in my life. Um, but, yeah. That's nice. That anti-question was very long-winded <laughs> answer to your question. I think for me, and also I just want to caveat to everybody that yes, there might be some weird pauses and clicks in the podcast, but we're doing our best from thousands of kilometers apart. Um, Oh my gosh, we've tried to record this so many times, um, but Laura's Wi-Fi has never been strong enough. So fingers crossed. Yes. And I think for me, I miss somebody, I like I you just make me laugh all the time. And I feel like I've started to try and crack my own jokes by myself to yourself yeah just to myself just you know like on a daily basis like a morning joke and an afternoon joke (laughs) kind of thing it's just not really not really the same but you know um well how about we move into the first segment hey doll thank god we want to tell you about the books that laura bought well that i bought for laura before she left on this big trip to the Northern Territory. So, yes. Laura, would you like to explain the assignment that you set for me? Yes. So, before I left, or before, you know, I jetted off, basically, you and I were in Sydney. We went to a big bookstore and I was like, Amy, I have a very important task for you. I just want you to pick a book for me. I want you to pick a book for me that you've always wanted me to read that you have been basically dying for me to go through the pages, blah, blah, blah. That was actually a hard task for you because you were just kind no, of going it wasn't around. A hard task for me. 
no, 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 let me interject. No, 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 let me interject here. It was not a hard task for me. It was a hard task to get you to agree (laughs) on a book. Because, yeah. you know, you're not telling everybody the truth is that you said, yeah, doll, like you can pick me a book, like whatever it is, you pick it and I'll read it. And I was like, yes, this is amazing. <laughs> but what you didn't tell everybody was that when we were walking around the bookshop and I would pick up a book, you would veto everything. Like you kept saying, no, 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 no. And I was like, this is not the game. Like, this is not what I signed <laughs> up for. Um, Mostly because I wanted yeah. you to pick something that you had read. You know, you would pick something and you're like, wow, this that- Interesting. This sounds interesting. No, I was doing that. And then I start at first I was doing books that I'd read and then I started picking up ones that looked like a Laura book because I was like, uh-huh. well, I'm not winning at the other game. So <laughs> I'm going to try this way. And that also wasn't good enough for you. Um, so tell everyone what we landed on. Finally, we landed on a book. And I think that you were really surprised that I agreed. We landed on Enduring Love by Ian McEwan and Amy has been begging me to read this book for pretty close to five years now and I've always said no. I've always said like, oh, not here for it. I don't know. I don't know. I've read, um, you know, I've read another Ian McEwan book, um, the one where Emma Thompson is in the movie about the legal case and stuff like that. (laughs) The Children Act. There we go. Um, So I've read The Children Act and I really loved it. So I don't know what my resistance to reading another Ian McEwan was. It was just simply me resisting. But I said yes straight away and I have been reading it. It's just because you resist everything that I ask of you. (laughs) I can see why you miss me. I'm such a catch. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so would you like to tell everybody what it's about? Um, Or are you lying I, you know, I have been reading it, but basically it's about a um, hot air balloon crash, um, which happens right at the start of the book. So I'm not giving any kind of spoilers away, but um, it's kind of, yeah, it's based around the hot air balloon crash, but it's also based around how we view relationships and choices and how the choices we make affect our lives, especially in an instant and what that means for us long term. There you go. Mm. Yeah, nice, nice. I'm actually thinking maybe we should choose it for Amy Laura's book club. Oh, it'd be a really good book club book. It'd be a great discussion to have because any anyone out there who doesn't know, we have a subscription service called Amy and Laura's Book Club where we send you our favourite books each month um, and we have a Zoom book club catch-up, which we're actually going to do right after recording this episode um, for our May book choice. So, uh we should do that okay so tab that anyway how are you finding it so far tell me I'm reading it very precariously just because I know Ian McEwen and I know how I felt after reading the children act it really tore me up for a considerable amount of time and I think you know being so far away from home and there's so much going on with the work that I'm doing it's kind of like I have to read it in very small teeny tiny snippets um, in order to make sure I can take it on, <laughs> take it on <laughs> in a way. But I really like the writing. He's very talented. I like the way that he sees the world. I like the way his characters see the world. Um, and, yeah, good choice. There you go. Thank you. So Ian McEwen is actually one of my favourite writers and I've read a lot of his books. And what I always say about him and why I've tried to get Laura to read him for years is that Ian McEwen writes – regret 
like nobody else. Like yeah. every single book of his that I've read is tinged with this like narrative thread of emotions like regret and guilt and just like, you know, there's never really a happy ending and I love a non-happy ending, don't I, doll? You really um, do. <laughs> so I'm very inspired by his writing. Anyway, what else did you buy that day? You bought yourself something too. I did. I also bought a copy of Felicity by Mary Oliver, which I already own, but I forgot to bring it with me because I think that I gave it to you because my copy has like lots of notes in it and lots of like things in the margins and all of this kind of stuff because I'm pretentious like that. Um, But it's the kind of book that I always love having with me. Um, I think that everybody Mm -hmm. should take a little piece of Mary Oliver's writing wherever they go and... Um, she writes a lot about nature and a lot about stillness and the most important part is that she writes beautifully about relationships and about love and I was mm-hmm. like this is what I want with me you know in oh my, my gosh pocket. Laura that reminds me um you know how I told you the other day that I was listening to Glennon Doyle's podcast where she interviews Elizabeth Gilbert about um the last days and months of her time with Raya I haven't listened to it yet. I'm not ready. I know. I'm not going to give anything away, but it just reminded me that um, Elizabeth Gilbert says um, someone like uh, asks a question on the podcast and so she answers and it's something about getting um, like how do you find a, like a spiritual practice or like how do you connect to yourself or to the higher being that you believe in or whatever it is. And she says that a lot of the time for her, just reading like simply reading a couple of lines of some of her favorite writers is enough to center her and connect her to like a higher spiritual power because she said people like Walt Whitman Mm -hmm. who is the first person she mentioned and um someone else who I forget and Mary Oliver leave the door open behind them oh it's very true. Isn't that beautiful? That's really great. Yeah. yeah. It is so true. Like it really made me think because I remember reading Mary Oliver over the years and all and like it's just a couple of lines. It's always just a couple of lines and that's enough. Like that's enough for you to just kind of breathe with and that's really beautiful. So I can understand why um, you've got it with you, even though I would never choose to take a poetry book with me anywhere because I would just like consume it in five minutes and then be like now what am I going to read <laughs> whereas you like to savor things so yeah very different in that way so yeah lots um, of books, and then lots of stories lots of stuff love that so quickly as well what else are you reading while you've been away I'm also reading um well two extra things <clears throat> I'm also reading Devotion by Hannah Kent that we're meant to read together which confession I haven't started um, and I'm also reading. I haven't started either, so that's great. Okay, good. Um, don't tell Amy. And I've also been reading heaps <laughs> of different short stories um, in The New Yorker because I took heaps of copies with me because it kind of really helps the time go by because if I've got a New Yorker for every kind of Sunday morning that I'm away, it always makes me feel really good. And I've discovered a new author and a new love, like a refreshed love of short stories. And yeah, my favorite one, which I'm going to talk about in a later episode, is called So Late in the Day. Um, and it's by an Irish author called Claire Egan. And if you haven't read it or if you're not aware of it, please, dear God, look it up and 
you know, listen to it, read it, whatever you like, you'll love it. I promise. Great recommendation, Dial. Well, I have been listening to, I've actually been reading so much, but I'm only going to mention just one. And that is Wow, No Thank You by Samantha Irby, because that was our May book club choice. So I've been listening to it on my long drives. And I will admit, Laura, that was your choice. Um, It is really, really fucking funny. (laughs) Like I am laughing out loud all the time. And I don't always find the same things funny that you do. Like when I tried to listen to Kitty Flanagan and Becky Lucas and those people you were obsessed with earlier this year, I just, I wasn't laughing. I didn't really, it just wasn't my brand of humor, but I just, Samantha Irby, wow, no, thank you. It is so, so funny. Um, If you are a subscriber to our book club, you will know how funny it is because you've been reading it. We're about to talk about it. But if you're not a subscriber, then go and get yourself a copy of wow, no, thank you. It's amazing. Love that, Dale. Well, there you go. That's a great wrap-up of what we've been reading, do you think? Yeah. So I had a really great idea before Laura left about a fun activity that we could do together but apart that would also be great podcast content. Great content. That's Great content. Super biased, by the way. I'll let you guys all be the judge of that. And my idea was for us each to pick a certain time in our lives when there was like a certain theme of movie that we watched that kind of shaped our identity and our existence at that time. For example, um, sleepover movies from, you know, when we were teenagers or movies that we watched with our family at Christmas time. Oh, like movies watch when you first moved out of home yeah or like I just had another idea then which we can do later um uh you know edgy art house movies that you discover when you watched 16 17 and think that you're the first one to discover art house movies (laughs) Donnie Darko you know yeah um did you ever see Donnie Darko no, we have this, this is the thing. This is the thing about movies, and I'm going to say it before you do. Before, I'm just going to caveat this whole conversation by, I have this really annoying saying, and I know how annoying it is because I have this really weird habit of watching those like top ten scenes that you never knew existed, or you know those kind of YouTube videos that drive Amy insane. Um, so my favorite phrase is "seeing the scene, not the movie." Um, and a really good example of that is something like Cruel Intentions, you know, or The we Matrix. That is coming yeah. out as a musical with 90s music and I'm so excited. Um, but, yeah, so Laura even went so far as to write a, an article for a magazine in the last couple of years called Seen the Scene. And <laughs> the people at the editors of the magazine set her a task to watch a bunch of Australian films that she yeah. had never like the castle Laura had never seen the castle why would I have seen that in what what no, way no listen to me, listen to me. Shush. <laughs> the reason that you should have seen it is because you are an Australian citizen who has always been an Australian citizen who is the age of 31 so you didn't miss the boat yeah. whose family probably should have been fans of the castle whose friends at school probably watched The Castle. Like, I don't know. Everyone has seen The Castle. 
I mean, I you know, like I don't watch a lot of Australian cinema. I don't read a lot of Australian fiction. I and my sister's going to hate me for this, but you know, I have this way of speaking about Australian soap operas in that <laughs> hi, hi Trish, guess what? I'm going to go down to the shops now. Want to come? Sure. Maybe we'll get some hot <laughs> chips. Oi, it's pretty hot today. How about we go down to the beach? No worries. Is Tracy coming? Yeah. Why you do know? you think every Australian show is like that? You've watched it it is. with me. It's not like that. There's heaps high drama. Yeah, but also McLeod's Daughters is an anomaly. I'm mostly talking about Home and Away. Every time I do that skit of my own, <laughs> for my own entertainment. Home and Away shade. But anyway, back to the movies. Since I was like, you know, for like 20 years. So I, I wouldn't be able to pass judgment on that. But yes, you're right. Back to the movies. Laura, what is the theme that you have chosen for me? Oh, sorry. I didn't really finish explaining. You, this you got distracted. So we had to pick a theme, a movie type theme in our lives from a certain point in our lives. And then we had to pick three of those movies and we had to set the task of the other person watching those movies. Okay. So if I chose through three movies from a certain time in my life, then I have to tell Laura, here are your three movies that you need to watch while we are apart for the next couple of months. And then we will come back here to the podcast, (laughs) the next episode, (laughs) all gather back to the podcast and... (laughs) Can anyone tell that, Amy and I have been living a little bit in isolation? (laughs) 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 Weird Like I literally, you know, trying to prep for this podcast going, how do I (laughs) formulate a sentence? out loud and something that's not a text message I've forgotten how to speak to people and it's rubbing off on me somehow yeah um I think I'm just wildly tired though being a single parent um at the moment with Laura away (laughs) (laughs) I laugh but it's true okay so anyway let me finish my thought okay so I have to task Laura with watching three movies she has to task me with watching three movies and then we gather back on the podcast next episode and we talk about those movies and I will tell Laura why I think that they were influential to her and how I have recognised that the movies rubbed off on her in the way that I know her now. Yes. Does this make sense? Did I? I mean, I it makes sense show, to me. Can I, can I get a show of hands? I know. <laughs> show of hands out there in the audience. Uh, <laughs> Louder for the people in the back. <laughs> oh, I'm actually losing it. Okay. Um, so Laura, tell me what theme you've chosen before you introduce the movies themselves. Please. Alrighty. So the theme that I have chosen, and I thought long and hard about this, obviously, cause I had a lot of solid time to think about it, um, is a different take on the classic rom-com. And that sounds really ambiguous and odd, but I wanted to do it. I wanted to pick a theme that was something that taught me about romance in a way that not only made me believe in this idea of fate and meeting somebody and having things all turn out, um, but combining that with smart, witty, interlocking dialogue and characters and also Meg Ryan. So I have obviously picked three Nora Ephron movies to make you watch because every time I suggest them, you know, you've seen a couple maybe, but also, I, you know. 
I mean, I I, had, I don't know what movies that you've chosen for me yet, but I, I have seen a couple of Nora Ephron movies in the past, but I didn't know there were Nora Ephron movies until I met you. I didn't even know who Nora Ephron was. <sighs> and now I've read, I've never read several of her essay collections, thanks to Laura, um, and also thanks to my newfound love of Dolly Alderton, who also loves Nora Ephron. So I'm kind of up there with it, but they weren't influential to me because mm-hmm. I don't really remember watching them. So I'm interested to hear... Um, what you have to say about I mean don't talk about them now because I want my own experience but like next episode I look forward to hearing why you love them so much and what that is all about for you why it's like so influential for you okay. other than the fact that you're a diehard romantic I am a diehard romantic and diehard honestly because of Nora Ephron yes I was just about to say the reason it like a massive part of the reason is that there's like this breath out belief in serendipity is because of these movies you know that's the kind of thing okay sure all right we'll see I'll be the judge of that maybe so tell me what the three movies are that you've chosen I write so them the down. three okay so you can write them down the three movies are drum roll please when Harry met Sally you've got mail and sleepless in Seattle okay can I make a comment <laughs> I've I've definitely seen When Harry Met Sally because I remember it being one of the very first movies that you and I watched together because you mm-hmm. loved it. Um, and is that the movie where there's the orgasm scene in the diner and then you made me go to the diner with you? The twice? Cat's Deli. It's a deli. Say it again. Cat's Deli. Cat's Deli. And, and then you had that massive pastrami sandwich that was like so big you couldn't even bite it. It was the best day of my life. Yeah. And then we went, it wasn't even that good, but you made us go there again. In New York. Anyway, uh, you've got mail. Not sure if I've seen it. Maybe. Is Tom Hanks in that one? Yes. And okay. it's about a bookshop. Oh, is that Two the bookshop? bookshops. I always get confused. So that's the bookshop one. Yeah. Okay. And there's like a little bookshop and then a big bookshop and it's kind of like Amazon but not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ringing a bell but I don't know it very well. And then Sleepless in Seattle, I am unsure if I've seen it. Is Sandra Bullock in that one? No, God. Oh, what I mean, I don't know. Sandra Bullock. No, I can't remember. But it's um, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Are you sure? Yes. Why would they be in two movies? Because that was the thing. And this is what I want to talk about too. This was like this real era. So like almost Meg Ryan was almost like the Catherine Heigl of her time, you know, in a way. You know how mm-hmm. Catherine Heigl was just in all those strings of movies and she just played the same character the whole time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. So Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks or slash Billy Crystal, you oh, know. Like how um, Hugh Grant plays the same yes. character in lots of movies. Yes. Yeah, okay, got it. All right, okay, cool. I mean, I do like Meg Ryan. Um, I just had to Google Sandra Bullock in the movie because it's actually called While You Were Sleeping. So I get that confused. I don't know if I've got sleeping in the title. Yeah, something about sleeping. Okay, I'll tell you mine. Yeah. All right. What's so your my theme? theme? Okay, so my theme is, um, guess what my theme is? I want to say, I want to say either Heath Ledger. Ooh, that would have been good. Or there's those art house movies that I refuse to watch with you. Yeah, okay. So both of those were very close up there. Um, I almost did choose three Heath Ledger movies. I kind of wish I did now, but maybe we can do that again later. Instead, just, for, just for your pleasure. 
I picked something really, really fun. Mm-hmm. And I picked sleepover movies from my ballerina days. Oh, that's a great theme. Yeah, I know. I know. That's a good thing. Okay, so when I say sleepover movies from my ballerina days, I mean I was a ballerina, obviously, for mm-hmm. most of my life. And but oh, a particular time. No, that's not true. Yeah, I mean, I am older, but okay, fine. Damn it. I was a ballerina for 15 years and I am now 33. So I guess it's less than half my life now. That's a sad fact. Anyway, Mm. um, so sleepover movies from my ballerina days specifically means a, a very, an era that was kind of like early 2000s, I believe. So that means I would have been like, end of primary school, very early high school, so like 13, 14, having sleepovers with my ballet friends and watching dance movies because dance movies were a thing at that time. It was a thing. It, it was a very, very big thing. I mean, it was our thing, obviously, because we were dancers, but it was also like a more universal thing. Like there was a trend at that time, mm-hmm. um, which extended a little bit further, but we're going to like just – push it to this one particular time and that is obviously the ultimate dance movie of that era is Center Stage um, which have I made you watch that before? I don't know they all tend to blend into one because the plot is usually the same. I think I may have tried to so that's actually quite early that is a 2000 film which Mm -hmm. means that I was 11 which kind of makes sense um, because, but we kept watching it, you know, like it came out in 2000, saw it at the movies, but then we watched it at sleepovers for like the next three or four years, you know. Um, So that's my number one. And then Coyote Ugly, which was also the year 2000, also saw that at the movies, must have snuck in with some older friends because it's like MA15 plus or something and I was like 11. Um, But that's fine. And then Bring It On. The original movie, um, which was also 2000. Yeah. See what I mean? Like it was a real trend. Like Bring It On, Cody Ugly, Center Stage all came out in the same year, 22 years ago, and all three of them had a massive impact on my life and continue to have a massive impact on my life to this day. Yeah. I have a question. Yeah. I have a question. Um, What about Save the Last Dance with Julia Stiles? Is that what it's called? Oh God! Okay. Did so that not make the cut? About this. It what, about, make... what about Honey? Okay, never saw Honey because I think it's a little on the hip hop side, mm-hmm. um, and I was not a hip hop kind of gal, <laughs> <laughs> as you know. I was not cool enough for that. Um, Save the Last Dance came out the next year, so that was two thousand and one, and I remember seeing it, and I remember hating it, and I think it's because. Julia Stiles, if you're listening, I mean no offence, but she's not a good dancer. She's not a dancer, right? She's not a good dancer. She's not really a dancer and it's really obvious. Like you can tell in centre stage, I mean you can't, but I can. I definitely can't. You can tell in centre stage which of those actors are actual dancers and which of them are in the movie because they, you know, maybe were bigger names, but they you never see them actually dancing properly because they're not dancers and they can't dance. That is the one thing that you you're not a big talker in movies. I definitely am. I'm a oh, all the way through, <laughs> all through a movie, and I like to explain what's happening. And you know, oh, great shot is what I say all the time. Um, but the only time that you talk through a movie 
is when there it's a dancing movie and you're like, oh, bad toes. <laughs> what a <laughs> Terrible turnout. Terrible turnout. Um, yeah, turnout. so what I think you should do is because I really want to watch these with you so that I can explain things to you, but that's not the point of the exercise. So what no. I think you should do as you're watching is write down questions to ask me. Okay. About the, about the dancers and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, one that almost made the list is Step Up. Oh, yeah. That's not yeah. Is That's like Channing Tatum. We love him. That was 2006 though. So that was like, you know, I'm nearing 17, the 17, yeah. And it was a cool movie at the time, but I just I thought that I would focus my attention on that specific sleepover era. Um, and I'm really pleased that um, those three movies are all from the year 2000 because I think that really just like sums up what was going on for me. Love this. Um, Love this. For so us are you so ready much. for this? I'm really excited to like reconvene and talk I'm about it. I'm ready. I'm really ready to. I'm really excited. I'm ready to reconvene. But I've got to tell you, though, yeah. what I'm most excited about. What? I kind of heard that maybe you have a big secret. (laughs) I do have a big secret. Let's find out, shall we? Okay, Amy, I've been dying to know, although I already know, but everybody has been (laughs) dying to know because you've kind of been like leaking little tiny bits of information about this big secret that you've had under your belt for quite a few times. And I just want to say, how the how the turns table because it's really great because I get to ask you questions and you get to be a little bit you know guarded about your answers which is awesome but you have a big secret I think now it's time to tell everybody about it I'm nervous now (laughs) I feel like there's been so much build up well, I do have, you know, the steely stare of Lee Sales on the 730 Project, so I would be shaking in my boots. <laughs> okay, Go so on. the big news that we've been teasing for a few weeks now is that I signed a book deal with Pan Macmillan for two books. Woohoo! Okay, I was Low kind of expecting some applause there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's really hard. It's hard to applaud in pod- podcast land, um, but. You know, I've basically been walking behind you and clapping constantly since since we found out. So this is a massive abandoned me for six weeks. (laughs) (laughs) This is a massive, massive, massive deal. And I just want to say on the record that I'm so proud of you because I don't say this very often about many people and or about many writers, but you constantly impress me with the way that you write to the point where it makes me a bit cranky because I read something and I'm like, God damn it. I wish I could do that. But you know, that's just me and my extremely biased, but professional opinion. <laughs> Thanks sweetheart. That's really nice. Right. And I know that you can't say much. I know that you can't say what the book's called. I know that you can't give away anything that it's about, but I'm just really excited that we could at least reveal some of the information and some of the things that are going on behind the scenes and all of the stuff that you're working on in amongst your thousands of jobs and also taking care of our four-legged children at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, as Laura said, I am pretty limited in what I'm allowed to say, but I will 
absolutely keep you updated as much as I can along the way because so many of you have been huge supporters of everything that we do at Secret Book Stuff, but also those of you who know about my writing and about my novel, um, you've been so, so supportive and you've been so excited when I've started to reveal this information to some of you. So I just want to say thank you to everybody for that as well. Um, I can't say what the title is. I can't say really what it's about. I can't say when it's coming out, but I can tell you that it's 2023. So next year. And I guess I could say that it's contemporary fiction, Hmm. you know, so I haven't written like a fucking memoir about my 33 (laughs) years on this earth or whatever. Uh, No shade to 33 year olds who write memoirs. Uh, It's just that my life hasn't been that interesting, to be honest. Well, I mean, Lena Dunham did that whole thing where she's like, you know, a girl in her 20s writes about what she's quote-unquote learned, and I loved that. I loved that book. Yeah. Um, I mean, I loved that book too, and I love Dolly Alderton's book, and I actually do love um, personal essays and memoirs by the young'uns, but that is not my thing. I've written a contemporary fiction novel, which will be coming out in 2023, and I'm super excited and also terrified to share it with you all. Speaking of terrified, I'm going to do something that I gave you no warning about. And here is my top five questions rapid fire for debut authors. Yeah. Question number one. When do you like to write? Morning, midday, nighttime, 3 a.m.? I like to write whenever I have a sentence that will not leave me alone that I need to get down on paper. And that can happen at any hour of the day or night. So that's like I'm not a routine writer. Okay. What's the last thing that inspired you? Um, I was thinking about laughing at a funeral. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, What is your one writerly bad habit? So me, for example, I write sentences the way that they sound and tend to add or omit commas when they're not necessary. So what is your one writerly bad habit? My writerly bad habit is not technique or craft focused. My writerly bad habit is that I often prioritize every little thing under the sun except for my writing. So I convince myself that I can't sit down and write unless the house is perfectly clean Uh, unless the plants are all watered, unless I've written back to all of these text messages, unless I've checked my emails one more time. Like I'm a huge procrastinator. And I can definitely attest to that to the point where I have just shy of locked you in the room. (laughs) Yeah, and I need it. I do. Um, What's the one thing you're most excited about, about having your book published? Um, oh, that's so hard. I can tell you what the thing that I'm most terrified about is. Okay, go on. I'll allow it. People reading it. Ooh. It's the weirdest thing. Like, and it's just, it's something that's just hit me in the last few weeks since I signed the contract is like, I have wanted to have my book published for, you know, as, as young as I was when I first discovered that writing a book and having it in other people's hands was a thing that you could do with your life. And now that it's happening, I've suddenly realized that that means that people will read it. I know it sounds absolutely (laughs) stupid that I never really thought about it before, but I realized that like the dream of having my book published wasn't really a dream of having other people read it. It was just a dream of like having it in this physical form with my name on the front and in a bookshop 
and knowing that I had achieved that dream. I never really thought about people (laughs) reading the words and I'm like suddenly terrified by that. Just publishing one copy and just carrying it around from bookshop to bookshop. It feels um, very vulnerable. Well, there you go. This is actually really great, to be honest, because this is our first author interview on Reading Makes You Better a Bit. <laughs> yeah. What a, what a great exclusive with author Amy Lovett, new signing with Pam McMillan. Yeah. Thanks, Laura, for throwing Always. me under the bus there. I'm really excited to finally reveal this news to everybody. Um, a few of you have already guessed it, um, which is totally fair because we were teasing it pretty big. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm also in the process of getting a T-shirt printed of that scene in Sex and the City where Carrie turns to Berger and goes, are you going to write today? No. (laughs) And I'm going to wear it every day until you turn in your edited proof. Well, you know what I'm going to get a T-shirt of? (laughs) Go on. Soon the soon. (laughs) Well, that's fine because that's my quote. And it's great. I'd love to Thank talk to somebody who's going to say the same, not the movie. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for joining us on Reading Makes You Better in Bed this no evening. I don't know. It's the evening for us. I don't know what time it is for you. I don't know who I am. <laughs> I don't know who I am and what I'm doing right now. I mean, for those of you who sign up to Scrappy Secret Book Stuff, this is probably going to be your favourite episode of the podcast. But for those of you who much more enjoy Polished Amy and Laura, I promise you that once we are once again in the same time zone and hopefully sitting next to each other and not yawning as I'm watching Amy and Laura, <laughs> um, I think that getting a cookie out of the cupboard. Yeah, I think I think that things are going to be a lot more smooth, especially if I can get my words out. But we'll you know. See. We are pretty chaotic as it is. so. And we were like, let's keep this segment really short. Let's just like keep it like five minutes. And now here we are talking about shit all. (laughs) Everyone, I just want to say sorry. Like I genuinely just want to say sorry for this episode. (laughs) It's It's going to be one of the worst. I mean, I know it's only episode number seven, but like, Welcome to Secret Book Stuff, y'all. We are super scrappy, chaotic messes of human beings and we like it. Thank God we found each other. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Reading Makes You Better in Bed with Amy and Laura from Secret Book Stuff. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a lit review and you can find us at secretbookstuff.com. I think you're too old to say that now, Dar. What? <laughs> I was just thinking about you going, oh, oh. <laughs> it was you. You were like, ha, 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 how are you going thanks so much for having me on the show this podcast was recorded on the unceded lands of the gundangara people we pay our respects to first nations elders past present and emerging